what are you doing, Doc? I need fuel. <laughs> Give me fuel, take a fly, ship me tracing out of Zion. Now, here are your hosts, John Eddie Jr. and Tom Tuttle. Welcome back to Fantasy Fuel. This will be the second edition of our flops and props. But before we get to all that, I would like to wish a belated happy birthday to our very own Tom Tuttle. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. That's all we're going to say about that. Sorry. (laughs) Anyway, uh, we've got a little bit of uh, NFL news we're going to get to, the first of which is uh, Gene Sterator, a 15-year veteran official, is going to be retiring. Now, I bring this up only because I appreciated his refereeing in Super Bowl 52. Uh, He entered the league in 2003, was promoted to ref in 2006, worked 12 playoff games, and went out on top in Super Bowl 52, which was the only Super Bowl he did. So I want to say congratulations to Gene Steratore. I appreciated the very unbiased refing, in my opinion, in Super Bowl 52. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of cool. And he is also going to be... uh, He's finalizing a deal to join CBS Sports as a rules analyst, so it won't be the last we see of him. So is he going to be one of them guys that goes up in the booth and he's going to be one of them experts? Uh, Yes, I think he's going to be an uh, expert. And expert is in air quotes, of course. (laughs) Of course. And in other NFL news, uh, the league seems to be coming down on Jameis Winston for... The love of seafood that Jameis Winston has. No, John, not the seafood, but personal conduct policy that sounds like it's related (laughs) to the Uber driver. And we're going to get another dose of Ryan Fitzpatrick. (laughs) I don't know how many doses of Ryan Fitzpatrick there are left, but (laughs) we're going to get one more unless something else happens. It's awesome. It is always awesome to see some Fitz magic, although I don't know how much... (laughs) Fitz magic there can be because the Buccaneers' first three games of the 2018 season are the toughest first three games of a season <laughs> for any team in the Super yeah. Bowl era. So I suppose if Jameis Winston is going to be suspended for three games, you might as well throw him at the three games that they were probably going to lose anyway. Week right. one at the Saints, week two. Mm-hmm. At home versus the Eagles, so mm-hmm. Eagles are getting a nice uh, away game. And week three versus the Steelers also at home. If yep. they could pull one win out of those, I would be shocked. I would not put it past Fitzpatrick to do that because I've seen him be really good, but <laughs> them are that's that's got to be the hardest outside of the Patriots. That's got to be the hardest teams to play right away in the season. At least if they perform like last year, it's it's yeah. going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> <laughs> it very well could be. Okay, so I know we've got some flops and props coming, but there's something that I've actually had in my back pocket since before our first episode, and it's a little game I want to play with Tom here. He doesn't <laughs> know what I'm going to be asking him. I'm going to give him <sighs> six players... And he's got to give me the one player 
out of these six that does not belong. Oh. Yes. And the category today are last year's top five wide receivers in terms of yards after the catch. Oh. And one of these that I'm going to give you was well outside the top five. Oh, man. I'm going to look stupid. <laughs> so your six <laughs> wide receivers to choose from are Antonio Brown. Okay. Keenan Allen. All right. Julio Jones. Okay. Jarvis Landry. Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. And Golden Tate. Oh, the one that I don't think, gosh, it feels like a trick question. But I'm going to go with Julio Jones. That is incorrect. Gosh, he dude. had 504 yards and was third in the league in yards after the catch. Okay. <laughs> All right, number one in yards after the catch in 2017 was Golden Tate. With 639. Okay. I didn't think it was Tate. I I knew that he's one of them guys that gets the yards after a catch, so I didn't think it was him. Number two was Jarvis Landry with 511 yards. That one was too obvious. I knew that wasn't him. As we said, Julio was number three with 504. Yeah. Number four is Keenan Allen with 499. I didn't think it was him either, so that's why I didn't guess it. So now we're down to Antonio Brown and DeAndre Hopkins. I'm I'll give go you with, a coin toss here to see yeah. if you can get it right. I'm going to go with Hopkins because I've seen way too many runs from Antonio Brown after he catches it. So it has to be Hopkins. Am I right? You are right. All right. So Antonio Brown was fifth with 471 yards. Mm-hmm. And I don't have the number where DeAndre Hopkins was in courting because he was kind of far down. He only had <laughs> 297 yards after the catch last year. Ooh, okay. Now, of course, you know, he only had a few games with Sean Watson, but he still had a pretty decent season. But yeah. it was pretty much catch and go down a la old Marvin Harrison. Yeah, I mean, my two options were Julio and Hopkins, so I just chose the wrong guy. Yeah, well... Julio didn't have touchdowns, and Hopkins didn't have yards after the catch. So, <laughs> Something's got to give on one Something of them, I guess. does have to give. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to get into our AFC version of flops and props now. And do you want to start off with your AFC East flop? Yeah, I'll go ahead and start it off. And my first flop of the day from the AFC East is Chris Hogan. I looked around the AFC East, and it was really difficult to find a bust on any of the teams. I didn't think there was much of what I particularly liked as a bust, but because I because I know he's not going to be taken too high yet in the drafts, but I've seen I've seen him taken in the fourth, fifth, and sixth rounds, and that is still too high for me. And the likelihood of him climbing in the ranks now that Edelman is most likely suspended for four games is much, much higher. So I, I am, I'm saying no to Hogan. I haven't seen enough out of him to warrant me wanting to take him as high as he probably will be going now with the Edelman suspension. I 
couldn't agree with you more for where he's being drafted now. Correct. I'm not getting many shares of him in a normal draft this year. I did. I was able to draft him very late last year, so I'm hoping yeah. he still is productive, but I'm not going to pay his price this season. Yep, and that's really all I'm saying. I'm not saying he's not going to be productive. He's going to get his catches and stuff, but it's Tom Brady, so he's going to throw the ball around. But I'm just saying that I don't believe in him being taken in the fourth, fifth, and sixth. I could see the sixth round if you're really high on him, but I've seen him in the fourth and the fifth, and to me that's just way too high. For sure. Uh, My bust, my flop from the AFC East – I've probably said it before. I'll say it again. <laughs> I am not a fan of Kenyon Drake. I yep. He definitely helped some owners late last year and into the fantasy playoffs, but I am not a fan of him. I don't understand how he can be as high as he is. My ADP says he's going around 407. And when you have Kenyon Drake, Frank Gore, Kalen Balage, and the unbelievable talent at quarterback that the Dolphins seem to have every year aka Ryan Tannehill again I yeah why will Kenyon Drake succeed I just don't see it and not for a fourth round pick yeah I completely agree with you it's it it flows perfectly into my AFC East um prop which I'm going to prop this player up and it's going to be Frank Gore because I mean seriously we just we just talked about Kenyon Drake I was going to say that Kenyon Drake can't be trusted so that's it it flows perfectly into this but listen it's Frank Gore I mean let's be let's be honest because Frank Gore if you look throughout all of his years that he has been playing football he has been solid and so every single time you draft him he's going to be good unless he decides to say no, I'm done, which I don't see him. He's he's the one back that is above 30 that I have complete trust in. He's above and, 50 and, by now, isn't he? <laughs> he's, he's getting close to 40. <laughs> he might be closer to 40 than he is 30. I don't know. I haven't really looked up his age, but I know he's above 30 because he's been above 30 for a long time. Yes, definitely. But, but uh, I mean, he's never really di- disappointed an owner. So you've got to go with Frank Gore. Nope, that's not a bad one at all. I don't know anybody that has ever had anything bad to say about Frank Gore. Exactly. That, <laughs> he, he's just so consistent. He, you, But you know he's not going to give you amazing numbers. But you're not right, drafting yeah. him knowing that he's going to give you regular numbers. So, And that that's why he's a steal because he's going later. And he's still going in the draft. Everybody's going to take him eventually because he's still a starting running back. But he's going later in the draft, so you know you you have a good shot at getting somebody that can give you good production throughout the year. And it's it's a steal because he's going so late. Well, why don't we just stay on the Dolphins? And <laughs> I'll give you my props to a guy who is going so late that even with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, you can take this guy. It's in the 13th round, the middle of the 13th round, is Danny Amendola. Mm-hmm. That's such a good place to get a wide receiver as long as he stays healthy. Yeah. He will be fine. There's no Jarvis Landry. Who's going to take that role? Anybody but Amendola, you can't think, is going to replace a slot receiver like that. So, yeah, Danny Amendola, why not? In the 13th round. 
And well, if I they could, put him back there on punt returns in one of those leagues, you might even get more value. I could see Jakeem Grant taking over that role sometime soon, but depending on if he gets hurt. If, yeah, that's when if after Amendola, Amendola gets, hurt, gets hurt, yes. Yeah, <laughs> but I could see it happening, and I don't, I don't know how much Amendola is going to get in punt returns and kick returns, although they might put him out there, but they might just want to save him to play the slot because – yeah, that's that's what I'm saying is Jakeem Grant is going to probably get most of the kick returns and punt returns because he's just so quick and he's had so much success doing that so far in his short career. But I would say that Amadola will be saved, I think, unless they really have some special plan for him it's outside of playing the slot. I think he's going to be saved for playing the, in, in that slot because he is and he has been proven to be a very successful slot receiver. Yo, more... More successful than some people have ever given him credit for, actually. Yeah, yeah. And I could see them splitting, maybe having Amendola take the punt returns and Jakeem Grant on kickoffs because Grant has been better yeah. on kickoffs than he has punt returns. So yeah. maybe they'll split it up like that. Maybe they'll save him. Maybe he'll get hurt in the preseason and we won't have to talk about him anymore. <laughs> oh, don't jinx the guy. <laughs> sorry, sorry. It's hard to. When I when I hear Damian, Danny Amendola's name... I can't uh-huh. help but think it's going to happen. Yeah, I know. So, sorry, Danny. I, I hope you don't, <laughs> but I'm going to prepare like you are going to. <laughs> so we're going to move along oh, to the AFC West. Uh, and is that where you have your ESP? That is my ESP. Okay, so, so I'll give you my flop. We don't need to talk about this long. I'm not drafting Sammy Watkins in the seventh round. I'm not drafting him in the eighth round. I'm not drafting him in the ninth round. I don't care. We talked about mm-hmm. Sammy Watkins before. Unless he falls to the double-digit rounds, I'm not on him. I don't trust him. I don't know what Patrick Mahomes is going to bring. I'd rather have Travis Kelsey in the third. I'd rather take Tyreek Hill in the third. Yeah. I, I just I don't care about Sammy Watkins at all. I don't know what else to say. I, I'll tell you what else to say. What has he proven? And throughout the years that he's been here, he's proven that he can be really good for a game, and then for three straight, four straight games, he can just absolutely stink, and he's just horrible. And then he'll come back out with a really good game. That is not the model of consistency, and we bark so hard against that. You have to have consistency. And I'm not saying he doesn't have a place on somebody's team, but for crying out loud, you can't go out there and draft him in the third, fourth. I wouldn't draft him in the fifth round either. Nope. I, I'm i not going to keep harping on Sammy Watkins. You guys yep. out there in listening land, you do what you want with Sammy Watkins, but until he oh. can prove he is going to stay healthy for an entire year and <laughs> – yeah, get consistent stats. I don't even care if they're mediocre consistent stats. Yep. Then we know yep. what we can expect from him. So if he is a 10th, 11th, 12th round pick, then we know, and that's fine. But yep. you guys can have him all day. I'll let him slide farther than most. <laughs> okay, so we'll move on. We'll give some props to an AFC West guy. How about you start it off? Well, my props to AFC West player is Emmanuel Sanders. He's been a solid, consistent player for basically his entire career. You know exactly what you're going to get out of him, and that's a good thing. He's falling in drafts as well, and it's just 
Yeah, he missed four four games last year, so his stats look a little down. But he averaged ten points per game that he did play. So, and that and that type of player that can help you win championships. It's consistency, and we're going to bark on it again. It's consistency, guys. The three pre- previous years before last year, he had over a thousand yards in each one of those years, and I think. Keenum could do that again for him this year. I don't have any problem with Emmanuel Sanders, and where he is being drafted right now is a big-time steal, so you have to prop up Emmanuel Sanders. Well, that's exactly who I have, too. And <laughs> nice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to compare him to the other wide receiver on the same team, Demarius okay. Thomas. Right. Now, from where I'm seeing their ADP, Emmanuel Sanders is going – Late in the seventh, early in the mm-hmm. eighth round, whereas yep. Emmanuel Sand or sorry, Demarius Thomas is going in the mm-hmm. middle of the fourth round. Yep. Okay, that's three and a half rounds difference. So look at these stats: the last two seasons, last season each for these guys that were completely healthy. Demarius Thomas last year had eighty-three catches for nine hundred and forty-nine mm-hmm. yards and five touchdowns yep. on one hundred and forty targets. Yeah. Manuel Sanders last fully healthy season 2016, 79 catches, 1032 yards, five touchdowns on 137 targets. Yep. That is almost exactly the same. So yep. would you rather take that person in the 4th round or the 7th or 8th round? That's ugh, that's a I perfect point. I hope that's not a hard question to answer for you guys. <laughs> That's uh, that's absolutely perfect. I mean, that I wish I would have come up with that to to say in my argument for Emmanuel Sanders. But I mean, that was that's I mean, it's just perfect. He had over a thousand yards in the last three seasons. If you take out last year because he was hurt for some of that, but it's just like he is he's been consistent his entire career. And I already said that, but it's so it's so true. And he's going in the seventh, eighth round. I mean, come on, guys. Let's let's be real. This guy is for real. So should we rename this show Consistency Fuel? Because I, yeah, I mean, that's, we, we say could. this a lot. <laughs> it, it, it just, until, until people get it engraved into their heads, yeah, we're going to say it. We're going to keep saying it because it's, it's the biggest, most, what is the word I'm looking for? But it's, it's so key to your success on a fantasy football team to – to get to the playoffs, one, and to get to the championship and hopefully win it. Now, once you get to the playoffs, anything can happen. But getting to the playoffs is built with consistency. Yes, it is. Uh, coupled with a little bit of luck and hopefully one of our yeah uh, players we're giving some props to, that's how you're going to win a championship. So yeah, take these consistent guys, trust us, and you mm-hmm. will – you can coast into the playoffs with consistency. You might not win if that's all you take. <laughs> yeah. But you're going to get there. So take the guy that you can get in the seventh and eighth round that's going to give you the exact same stats as a guy you're taking in the fourth round. Yep. Absolutely perfect. Moving along to the AFC South, okay. I'll start off with my bust. I talked about him in our. 2017 rookie episode how I told you to keep him on your taxi squad if you could because Mm -hmm. I still think he's at least a year away if ever a guy out of Tennessee wide receiver Corey Davis okay 
I am not a fan of his, and I know you're not a fan of Mariota. So yeah. those two things are not a good mix if Corey Davis is being taken in the middle of the sixth round because his stats have not proven that he's worth a sixth-round pick, and unless you're in a dynasty league, I wouldn't waste a sixth-round pick. I mean, he had 65 targets in 11 games, nine of which he started. He caught 34 balls for 375 yards and zero touchdowns. I'm not sure where all this confidence is that Corey Mm -hmm. Davis is going to be something spectacular, but the Titans still have Delaney Walker. They still have Rashard Matthews, and now they've got Deion Lewis coming out of the backfield. I don't see much of a change for Corey Davis, but... Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, and I was starting to come around on Corey Davis just a, a bit, and then I talked to myself and I said, you know, if I don't really like Mariota all that much, I mean, how can I trust Corey Davis? And I think it's just people in general, just out all the stuff I was reading and everything was just kind of getting into my head that Corey Davis was going to be really good this year, and I don't think he's not going. He's not going to be horrible. I just don't think he's really worth where he's being drafted at the moment either. So yeah, I. I agree with what you were saying there. I think he's got an opportunity to become something special, but that that's really going to be up to Mariota. And if he doesn't cut it, then Corey Davis can't either. Yeah, and I think also uh, my reservations with the Titans in general, you mm-hmm. know, they made the playoffs last year. Yep. They looked all right, but there was no luck on the Colts, and the <laughs> Texans were decimated yep. last year. That yep. is a problem For this year's Titans group, if luck is back, those are not gimme games. And I know you think the Texans are going to be great on offense. So I don't see them being able to keep up because the Jags defense is going to lock them down as far as I'm concerned. And the Texans defense, if they're healthy, that's four games right there. Right there, four games that Corey Davis is probably not going to do very well. And those are almost locks. Like these, them four games are almost out of the question that Corey Davis is going to get any type of uh, production out of them weeks. So I'm just going to go right into my AFC South bust because it's it's on the same team. So it, it's it's Derrick Henry, and I thought about him. Yeah, I've already said enough about Derrick Henry in my. One other negative ESP outside of last week. So I won't go too long on this, but in case you missed it, Deion Lewis is still a good back, and I believe Lewis will be getting plenty of carries this year. Henry was a top 40 fantasy back last year. It won't improve all that much this year. Plain and simple, he will be a flop. Yeah, there's nothing much else to say. We, uh, yeah. You said enough last ESP for him. So, yep. Uh, Go ahead and give me your prop because my prop is from this division. Or my ESP is from this division. That's going to be Marlon Mack. Okay, guys? Let's let's talk about a little bit of Mack because he's going in the sixth round or so, and that's really, really late in my eyes. He is the lead back. So if you got a solid five guys already in your draft, take Mack because he's got the job. I think the Colts could be a bit of a surprise team this year, and Mac has what it takes, and he's going overlooked. So please go out and get this guy because he's 
he's going to be the lead guy there. And Frank Gore vacated, I believe it was 231 carries yeah. from that team last year. Yep. And uh, I know there's a lot of people that have been talking about Niam Hines, but do you really think Niam Hines is going to get 231 carries and Marlon yeah. Mack is going to sit on the bench? No. Yep. It's probably going to be the reverse of that unless Marlon Mack can't handle it. But I'm pretty sure he's going to get every opportunity to decide if they were right about him. So, yeah, I don't mind it in the sixth round. I'm not sure how much of a steal it is uh, yet. Well, I, I think it's a steal because you you already have five guys that you trust in if you're, if you're taking him in the sixth round. So taking him with your sixth pick, I mean, he's he's the starter there. He's going to get plenty of carries, plenty of touches, and he's going to be on the field a ton. So I, I that's why I think he's a steal. It's not because I don't think he does i i would take him a little earlier than that but it, i get it I, I i understand people want other players and certain other positions and stuff like that but i i think that if you've got five solid guys that you trust in taking somebody like marlon mack in the sixth round is a very smart thing to do i'll say that that is the the earliest i would take a player of that nature like yeah, you're saying, the I first understand. five rounds, if you get two running backs, three wide receivers in their first five rounds, that's your starting lineup. Yep. Now, Marlon Mack, if you're getting me in the sixth round, could be your flex or yep. your backup running back. And yep. if he's a backup running back, you have got gold mine if your other two running mm-hmm. backs were worth their higher picks. So it's never a bad position to be in to have extra running back. And I would say the chances are that you already have two running backs if you're in the sixth round. Not all the time that happens, but if you're in the sixth round you don't already have two running backs, you better take Marlon Mack because you're going to be in trouble if you don't take somebody at running back position in the sixth round. So that's really all I have to say. I don't need, think we need to talk about Mack much longer because I, I really do I really do like him, and if I was doing a ESP on somebody positive this week, it would be Marlon Mack. Okay, well, let's move along to our last division in the AFC, which is the AFC North, and let me ask you who your flop is because it might be the same yeah it's very possible because i know we've talked about this guy in the past and it's joe mixon um no question he is being drafted too early he has not proven much of anything the only stat you need to look at from last year is his average yards per carry and that's 3.5 yards that's not good enough to get to be in every down back, and he won't be. Giovanni Bernard will have plenty of carries, and quite frankly, he was better than Mixon with 4.4 yards per carry last year. So Mixon had less less receptions than Bernard and is going to split snaps with him this year. So I would almost rather have Bernard this year than Mixon. Almost not quite, but... Seriously, Mixon is being drafted in the middle to the end of the second round sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes. Going ahead of guys like McCaffrey, McCoy, Keenan Allen, A.J. Green, McKinnon, Julio Jones, Delvin Cook. I mean, 
and Bernard is going in the 10th, 11th, and 12th rounds. What? Here's I mean, what I have to say, because, of course, we are on the same page, and yes, Joe Mixon is my bust. Yeah. I've got him at an average ADP of the first pick in the third round. So, like you were saying, he has been going in the second round. Yep. That is ridiculous to me. Yep. In the middle of the third round, I'm not on board. I no. understand <laughs> if that's your first or second running back you're taking. If he's your first running back you're taking, I have a feeling your season's in trouble. Yeah. But yep. I can understand why it would be your first or second running back in the middle of the third round. Now, we're going to flow right into my props because you had already mentioned it. And that's Giovanni Bernard. Yep. I had an average ADP of 1207. 12. Yeah. 12th yep. round for Giovanni Bernard. And if you're in a PPR, which these ADPs were from a PPR, that's insane. I yep. wouldn't touch Joe Mixon in a PPR when I can wait and I can reach for Giovanni Bernard in the 10th round, if there's nothing else there, I can reach two rounds higher than him and feel a 100 times better about oh, yeah. that pick than taking Joe yep. Mixon in the third round. Oh, I, yeah, and, and, and that's the perfect point. Like, it, second round, there are so many other guys. In the third round, there are still so many other guys I can look at and say, I much rather have this guy. Like, Joe Mixon, this, until he proves something more than what he did last year, go look at his numbers. It, it's not that great. If Until he proves something, I can't do it. And it's not like the Bengals are a high-powered offense where, hey, there's going to be some games <laughs> where they're blowing out a team 35-14 yeah, right. and he's going to get 10 carries in the fourth quarter. It's not going to happen. And if it does, I will eat my hat and I will take a picture of it and I will post it online. Oh, man. <laughs> oh. Is your props the same as mine or did you have a different one? I considered it, but I had already talked about him in the whole thing about Joe Mixon. So I'm, I got somebody else and that okay. somebody else is Carlos Hyde. He has fallen so far down the draft list because... Nick Chubb has made all the headlines for running back because he's the new guy. and They're both new guys there. They're, they're both new guys there, but Chubb is the new guy that is just, you know, the rookie, and he's making the headlines and he's all that stuff. So I like Chubb. I, don't get me wrong. I, I think he's the running back of the future for the Browns. <laughs> I'm not going to say that he won't be, but I think Hyde takes the reins this year and possibly gets more than 60% of the snaps. He could he could be the steal of the draft depending on how good he actually performs with the Cleveland Browns. Now that being said, it's the Cleveland Browns and I know better than anybody that the Cleveland Browns are the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> it, it's kind of funny how you can just say the Browns and people already know what you're talking about. So true, so true. I mean... <laughs> The other guy I had thought about, and I don't need to talk about him a lot because I've already told everybody how much I love this guy, and you said where you think he'll end up, and at the end of the fifth round is where Jarvis Landry's goes. Mm -hmm. That is such a great deal in that round. That's that third wide receiver. If he's your third wide receiver already, Mm -hmm. it's gold. It's gold, Jerry. Gold. (laughs) It really is. I mean, he is outstanding. I mean, look at his numbers from previous years. He is amazing. Absolutely stellar. And if my 
ESP is true about Jarvis Landry and he leads the league and catches again, that's yeah. oh my in gosh. the fifth round in a PPR. Psh, forget about it. Yep. You better be playoff bound if that's what your draft looks like. I mean, for crying out loud, playoff bound, if he's going to do that and he's your third wide receiver, possibly, <laughs> you better be championship bound because unless you drafted really bad everywhere else uh, – I'm sorry, but that would <laughs> Jarvis Landry would have to put you into that position. Okay, well, we've gone through our divisions, and all we have left is our ESPs. One good, one bad, and we'll start off with the bad. ESP, early season predictions. Well, my ESP, it comes out of the AFC West, and it's the bad one, and that is Amari Cooper. The Raiders' offense has improved some. And I, it, but I'm still not believing it this year. They were underwhelming last year, to say the least. With the news of Martavius Bryant being dumb again, Cooper will be drafted stupidly high like he already has been. It's not a good idea to draft him that high. So, so many other guys to choose from I have a really bad feeling about Amari Cooper and I I'm I'm not alone but there's a lot of people high on this guy so seriously guys just take a look around there are plenty of other guys that can be legitimately better than Cooper did you see how he produced last year Cooper's ineffectiveness was arguably the most disappointing aspect of the dreadful 2017 for the Raiders and for fantasy owners. He showed a little bit of potential and productivity during his first two years, but he fell off a statistical cliff last year. And I'm completely avoiding him this year unless he falls in the drafts, which he won't because no, he's, he, won't. he is a big-time bust for me i remember last year amari cooper started off so bad yep and i was asked by a couple of different people should i play amari cooper this week and i had to tell him <laughs> like if i i owned no shares of amari cooper yep so i told him if i had amari cooper on my team i would put him on my bench until he proves something mm-hmm. well the week after i said that was that Monday night game where he went absolutely bonkers. So he was like, oh, he's back. Here he is. There we go. And then, you know, of course, fell off the cliff again, like you said. So, you know, he proved me wrong for a week. So I guess if everybody wants to ask me every week if I should play Amari Cooper and I say (laughs) stick him on the bench, then we know we can play him every week. But until that happens... I'm not anywhere close to Amari Cooper. I never have been. Well, I shouldn't say I never have been. I wanted to trade up in the draft when he was a rookie in my rookie drafts, and I wanted to take him. I wasn't able to, so I have never had a share of Amari Cooper. Yeah, oh, well. I just can't do it. I mean, I got I got really, really bad feeling, and it's not just a feeling. This feeling is based off of stats from last year, and the fact that the Raiders' offense, I just don't really think, is going to be that good this year. So I, I just... Trust me, guys, Amari Cooper, where he's being drafted, is insanely ridiculous. And I have a good feeling about my ESP, and now I am not going to back this guy up with any stats. 
<laughs> I'm just going to talk pure feeling. Yep. Because this guy, depending on how many rounds your draft is, and depending on how deep your bench is, he might not get drafted at all in most of these leagues because the ADP I have of him is the second pick in the 17th round. Okay. And he is from the AFC South. Okay. And he is in a crowded wide receiver core. All right. But I have such a good feeling about him because he was without his main quarterback, and now he's got a stable quarterback. I know he's not amazing, but Blake Bortles can throw the ball. Uh I know we've talked about Bortles before, and we're not super high on him. No. But I think at the 17th round, Dante Moncrief could Mm -hmm. be a heck of a deal. Yep. He has just, he has the athleticism. Now, they don't have big targets in Jacksonville. So, if Leonard Fournette isn't punching in all those touchdowns down by the goal line, maybe if they get down inside the 20, the 15, and they have to end up being in a third and long or something, maybe Don Creef. Dante Moncrief can take advantage of that. And there is absolutely no way you can go wrong with the 17th round pick. If I'm wrong, we'll all just forget about it. We'll go away silently. Nobody will know that I spoke the name Dante Moncrief. (laughs) But if he does well, I will talk about it all year long. Well, I will say that, you know, Moncrief, you you can have a feeling on him because that you have that right in ESP. But if you do look at his stats, I mean, he had he had really good stats, especially when he had Luck as his quarterback. I'm not saying Bortles, Bortles is going to be what Luck was the, the years that he had him, but I'm just saying that Moncrief has proven it before, so that has to be part of your feelings in this ESP. Oh, of course. And I think the other part of my feelings is I'm not taking Marquise Lee where he's being drafted. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I don't think Keelan Cole is the solution there. I'm no. not. If I have DJ Chark, it's because it was in a rookie draft and it wasn't in the first couple of rounds. So there's no you know wasted uh, talent and capital in that pick. I just have a nice feeling that if you can you know stash him at the end of your bench, it could just it could be an amazing steal. I yep. It's it's a good feeling. It's a very good feeling. But if I'm wrong, my feelings don't matter. And that's okay, too. <laughs> Your feelings never matter. No, I know. It's, it's okay. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the AFC, so... Oh, what's wrong with the AFC? Well, because there hasn't been much of an AFC for years, because the Patriots just wanted yeah. to, you know, take it's over. So It's not. It's never fair. <sighs> Well, that is pretty much all for this episode. (laughs) I will uh, plug our social media here at the end since it was a little bit shorter episode than normal. You can follow us uh, on Twitter at Fantasy Fuel. You can see our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Fantasy Fuel. And please rate us on Apple Podcasts and podchaser.com slash Fantasy Fuel. You can also rate us there and... 
our big news for this week is we are now on Spotify. Oh, I would like to thank mm-hmm. you for listening and supporting So we're pretty much us. everywhere now, and that's a feedback. really good thing. Love interacting so with if you're listening to us on you Spotify for the first time, welcome have. aboard. We'll line up we're glad to have you, and there's a lot more in store with this game slash Fantasy Fuel and Instagram at Fantasy Fuel Podcast. You can also reach us the old-fashioned way via email at fantasyfuelpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you, and remember to stay fueled up this fantasy season.